This is Sammy, Maddie, Emma, and Allie, and this is The The Big Big Sister Sister Podcast. Welcome to this week's discussion where we will be talking about a topic that's not discussed enough, in my opinion, Um, but that could be because it's a topic that scares me half to death, and I hope it's not like illogical and that I'm not the only one. I know that Sammy and I are on the same page at least, but we're going to be talking about giving birth and labor. So I feel like as women, especially in like our prime childbearing years, we hear like too many horror stories of labor whether that be from mothers, aunts, friends, sisters, and it can really terrify you. And then you hear from some women who have like a great experience and they would do it all over again and they would never complain about it. And it was like a heavenly experience for them. And I've concluded that they're either not telling the whole truth or that it really can be a beautiful thing. So we're going to answer some (laughs) questions that Sammy and I have had about the whole process today. So hopefully... By the end of this, we'll be a little less afraid of giving birth. But since Maddie and Allie have all of the experience on this subject, Sammy and I are just going to be asking them a few questions to maybe ease a little bit of our worry. So where it all started for me was um, in my Anat and Fizz class, my junior year. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the Miracle of Life video. Yes. Yep. Classic. (sighs) Oh my gosh. 16, 17-year-old me was just like completely mind blown that your body could actually go through something like that and recover and not not die, die. immediately yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> I was like how is this physically possible I do not understand it so yeah Mr. Parrish's class I will never forget my irrational fear was born in that room so <laughs> yeah we'll be, we'll be talking about that today along with the child um, on the television screen <laughs> yes yep exactly Um, So yeah, just a forewarning, if you guys are easily triggered talking about like medical procedures, blood, any kinds of wounds or anything, be forewarned with this episode because we'll probably be diving in just a little bit. So um, a couple of my fears that I have, one, number one, obviously is pain and like passing out from the pain. What happens if you do, you know, because I mean, I think I have a pretty high pain tolerance but nobody has a pain tolerance high enough for that experience. You know, like it's just, it's crazy to me. So passing out from the pain, you know, the epidural recovery, not making it to the hospital in time, emergency C-sections, all of those fears that I feel like most people have, we're going to be talking about them. So um, first question, the epidural, tell me about the needle if you guys had an epidural with any of your pregnancies (laughs) how like was it super long all of mine okay 
Did you did you have two, Maddie? Yep, I had an epidural with both of them. I never looked at it. Yeah, I never looked at the needle either. Um, for me, by the time it was like time for me to get the epidural, I was like, yo, doc, I'm ready. I'm bent in half. Like, get this done. Get it in me. Like, I'm ready for this. So, like, I didn't even, and they numb you. At least at my hospital, they gave me some local oh, anesthetic. And then they mm-hmm. give you the epidural. So doesn't it? Okay. It goes like up your spinal column, though. I've heard that. I don't know if it's true. You don't know what's happening. You can't see it. So yeah, it's in your back. There's so much stuff happening in your front that you mm-hmm. will not care. <laughs> like the pain of that you is don't. like just you don't even think about that pain compared to the pain that you're actually in. Okay. okay. Yeah, especially yeah. because yeah, at least for me, they gave me a local anesthetic I'm pretty sure they did that with me too yeah which just feels like a pinch or bee sting if you've ever got like a shot if you've gotten a shot that's that's what it feels like so for me it wasn't a big deal Andy always has to leave when they give me the epidural because he will pass (laughs) out um and I've only had one of my experiences be negative with an epidural so the first two times were great. The reason it can distribute unevenly in your body is because it's carried through your nerves. And so depending on how you're laying, sometimes gravity can force it like a different way. Mm-hmm. Does that oh. make sense? Yeah. And so you just have to kind of pay attention to that and you dose yourself. So you have a button okay. that you push. And is it like 30 minutes, Maddie? I think you can only push it once every 30 minutes or something. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mine were different. With Lily, I I could I pushed it a lot. And with Jack, I like there wasn't that much left for some reason. I don't know. There wasn't like a a lot of epidural medicine left or whatever, so he needed to refill it. So I ran out with Jack. But with Lily, I had a huh. ton. And I pushed that button so much I couldn't even feel my toes or my feet. <laughs> I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't feel anything. I was I like, more, like, more, 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 more. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the trick with the epidural is to like get it, like get it before you're in like excruciating pain and then keep okay. the dosing. Like don't dose yourself till you're like so numb you can't feel anything. Yeah. But keep on top of the dosing. So like when you're pain, they'll ask you like the pain scale, you know, like one to 10. Mm-hmm. If your pain starts to get to like a four or five, I say dose. And then I would always let mine wear off a little bit and then I wouldn't um, dose it at all while I was pushing. And that mm-hmm. way I felt like I could still push, which makes it sound like I was very in control during these experiences and that is not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, great. Um, <laughs> But with Ashton, my epidural was weird, and I don't want to place any blame, um, but the doctor looked like he was younger than me, and I was the last <laughs> patient he did from his, like, being on call all night, and as soon as he walked in, I wanted to be like, get out and get me the grandpa. I want the old guy who's done this 10,000 times, and I'm not saying it was him, like, it's just chance, but I was sore from my epidural for, like, four months after I had Ashton 
Oh, wow. In my back, which is, it, it can be a side effect. And it wasn't like terrible, but it was there and kind of annoying. And then that epidural made me like so jittery. Like I couldn't stand still, but then I can't, hmm. I couldn't move because I was numb. So that was like really uncomfortable to be so, so jittery. Yeah. And also like I, I ripped out my line at one point. So there were just on purpose. No, just like oh, like okay. trying to push myself up on the hospital chair. I like pulled it. Gotcha. It didn't come out of my back. It just like came undone. Anyway, mm-hmm. there were some weird things with that one, but I think it was just a lot of weird circumstances that happened. I don't know. Right, because it wasn't like that with your other two. Yeah, I was really jittery with Lily's. Were you? And cold and yeah, weird. I tried to watch The Office. Didn't help. Tried yeah. to sleep. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted her to. I just was. I wanted her to be out. And I. I told Jacob probably a hundred times that I would not have another child with him. <laughs> this was it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, this is the only baby you're getting from me. Like, <laughs> we're not doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> and then nine months later, I was pregnant with Jack. So. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Jack's experience was way better. Like, I enjoyed that birth significantly more. And um, I think a part of it was because I wasn't so numb. But I think the biggest part of it is that I spent, like, my whole pregnancy with Lily basically in denial that I was pregnant. And, like, I avoided looking in the mirror. Like, I was like, <laughs> this is not happening. And... Like, I honestly never thought, I wasn't afraid of giving birth because I never thought about it until I was pregnant. And then I was like, oh, wow. what? I'm going to have to do that? <laughs> yeah, I got to like month eight with Abram and I was like, okay, so there's only one way out of this. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so my epidural with Jack, I I wanted more, like I was like, Let's see. I was pretty comfortable, and then I transitioned really quickly from, like, 7 to 10. Um, And so that's when I was like, get the anesthesiologist in here. Like, I I need more. I think I need more. And he, like, came in, and he was chatting on the phone with his son about, like, buying a car. He was older, though. So he just, like, nonchalantly comes in. He's chatting on the phone, having a conversation with his dad, like, adds something to my drip and walks out and then, like, pokes his head back in and waves. like, (laughs) thanks, Doc. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I was like almost pushing at that point like it was really dumb to get more medicine it it was mostly like a a comfort thing yeah because like he left and then like the nurse checked me or whatever she's like oh it's like and I was like yeah pushing at that point and uh Jack came out really really fast and I liked that experience better because I could actually feel where he was like I could feel him coming out and I was like oh I know what's going on with my body whereas with Lily I was so numb like I literally didn't know what happened what was happening they were like oh we can see your hair and I pushed for probably like an hour maybe like an hour and a half with Lily and with Jack I think it was like 20 minutes yeah oh, okay. oh my gosh so and like the, That's a huge the numbers so a one like the amount you're dilated is centimeters so like one centimeter all the way up to 10 centimeters So Mm -hmm. like seven to 10 usually goes like pretty fast. And when you're 10, it's called complete. And that's when you can start pushing. So 
Yeah, I pushed with Abram for four hours. And because oh he was twisted, he was uh, like sideways. He had a bloody gash on his head from jamming up against my pelvic bone. And his head was like a sideways cone. It was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was actually super concerned about it. And the nurse um, was like, oh, it'll be fine. I've seen worse. It'll just go right back how it's supposed to be. And it did like the next day. It was totally fine. But that was awful pushing for four hours. My other two, I pushed for like 30 minutes. So, so that's was so Abe, crazy to me. Was Abe sideways? So like did his shoulder and his head come out at the same time? Is that how he was? I don't even know because don't know? I was so like, I had been in labor at that point for like 48 hours. Yeah. I mean, like, like in labor and then pushing for four hours. Like it was miserable. <laughs> Such yeah. a bad experience. <laughs> And may I just say, for the record, that was my first experience with seeing anything give birth. (laughs) I apologize. Anything. (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) I walk into this hospital room expecting the baby to already be there. And then I just see my sister in, like, excruciating pain. And I was like, oh, okay. And then mom made me watch most of it happen. So yeah. <laughs> at that point, I was like, so delirious. I don't even know who was in the room, what was happening. Like, I almost passed out. I pu- I pushed Abram, they had to give me an episiotomy. That's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Episiotomy where they cut you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he finally came out. And like, as he came out, I just like fell back on the bed, and like almost passed out. And then I like, whipped myself up so hard I almost passed out because I was like wait I have a child now (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I was really with it for sure oh so the the episiotomy Uh is that what it is yeah that's how you say it do you like feel that is that like super painful or are you numb enough that like from the epidural you don't feel it This is going to be mind-blowing, but if you don't get an epidural, you don't feel the pain. Like, it's not painful in your privates. It's That what? doesn't hurt. You don't feel that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I had two babies, and I didn't know that because I thought You're it was kidding. just numb from the epidural. But, no, my mom accidentally had me without an epidural, and she's like, no, you don't feel – it doesn't feel – like, you don't feel pain there. You, It's the contraction that hurts, and the contraction is in, like – your belly and your back, depending on mm-hmm. who you are. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm, I was way more afraid of feeling pain yes. in my privates than in the contractions. Like, that's what I was afraid of. Yes. If I had known Me that that too. That's like hurt. my, I'm like, if it's ripping or anything, like, I, I won't feel it. <laughs> just thinking about the pain, like, I can't even you comprehend. I had no idea that you couldn't feel that. Yeah. You, nope. won't, you wow. won't feel it. And yeah, so like, that's why I let my epidural kind of wear off when it's time to push because you feel like an enormous amount of uncomfortable pressure <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. not like it's not like painful like tearing bloodiness <laughs> like, <laughs> like in okay. your vagina region <laughs> so <laughs> um so yeah like with Abram that my body just really needed help to know what to do but my other two were awesome, like fast. I mean, and, and by by awesome, mm-hmm. I mean like not 
40 hours a million yeah. push times <laughs> pushing like ripping and terribleness like the other ones right. were much much better so they were faster and my body knew what it was doing and I think too you like I don't know I used to think I had a high pain tolerance and then I had babies and I was like wow I'm the biggest <laughs> wuss in the planet So I think you just like do whatever makes you comfortable. And the first time Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to get it right. But at the end of the day, all that matters is you're healthy and the baby's healthy. And whatever happened, happened. If it wasn't your birth plan, Mm -hmm. that's fine. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. next time, don't let it stop you from having another kid because I promise the next time will probably be better. Do you agree, Maddie? (laughs) So much better. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like every time, too, I was able, like with Abram, I was just so, like, physically and mentally exhausted. And I had a friend that gave me some good advice. She was like, let the nurses take your baby to the nursery at night so you can sleep. Because once you're out of the hospital, like, he's all yours. So don't feel bad Mm -hmm. having them take him. Like, so you can sleep in between feedings. So I had them take him in between feedings. And I had to get some extra Pitocin, which is basically, like, oxytocin hormone, right? And that helps you contract. It helps your uterus contract. And I was bleeding a little bit, and so they wanted me to contract more so that I would – so that muscle would kind of stop, right, the bleeding. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just remember laying in my hospital bed – like with this IV of Pitocin going in my veins. And in one of my animal reproduction classes, we studied a little bit about like mothering instinct and if it's something you're born with or if it's hormonal or if it can be like hereditary or whatever. And some of the research showed that oxytocin was related to mothering instinct, like the amount of oxytocin the mothers produced Hmm. was related to how good they mothered their children. These are animals, so whatever the animal baby was. And so I just remember that laying there being like, I have an entire liter of oxytocin going straight into my vein. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. A whole liter of mothering instinct flowing into me right now. I love that. That is super funny. So yeah, I was really terrified to actually like have the baby. Right after he was born, so the other yeah, two, take, I was, care of it. I was able to enjoy them much more because I was not worried about all the things. Oh, good, good. Okay, so it gets better after your first time. I remember seeing a picture of you, Allie, after you gave birth. I think it was. It must have been when you had Ashton, and you like were sitting like crisscross, or like your leg was up, and I was like, "How is she doing that? She literally just gave birth because." When I gave birth to Lily, like, I I had a lot of stitches. Like, I think I had, like, a third-degree tear. Oh. Um, because, but that's because Why? she was sideways. Like, it is super uncommon for, for babies to come out that way. Like, I told my doctor about it. He wasn't there when I delivered her. So I told him about it after. He's like, I've never seen that. Or I've seen it, like, one time. Wow. Like, I, like, it's super rare the way that she was. Anyways, and when I was pushing, I was, like, trying to be gentle with myself. I was like, okay, I'm going to push, but I'm not going to push too hard because I don't want to tear. 
But then I got tired of that after, like, however long I've been pushing for, I don't know, like, 30 minutes. I was like, okay, she's not coming out this way, so I just have to push really hard. Yeah. So then I actually pushed really hard. Like, I think I, when I started pushing, like, as hard as I could, it was only, like, three or so pushes till she was out. But I was able to be that in control of my pushing because I was so numb, right? Like, I was, like, like so, numb. <laughs> so numb from my epidural. With Jack, I knew where he was at, and I could feel what, how I needed to push. And, and he, he was facing the right way and just came out just his head, not his head and his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Normal. At one point, I said to my yeah. doctor when I was giving, tr- trying to push Abram out and he wasn't coming out, I was like, so when this happens with cows, we just throw some chains in there, wrap them around those front feet and give it a tug. You got any? And he thought I was making a joke and I was not making a joke. I was 100% serious. <laughs> Get this child out of my body now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that man. is great. Most of my uh, more graceful moments happen on the labor and delivery. That program. is awesome. But I just was like thinking about that after I had my babies, and I'm like, this baby is just as much Jacob's as it is mine. And the only thing he had to do to bring the baby here was fun for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like a party. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you have a party? I'll clean up and do all the work after the party. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can get a prize. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can get a prize. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the best analogy I've ever heard. It's just what it is to be a woman, I guess. <laughs> it is, because we're so amazing yeah. and awesome. And yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so you see in, like, movies, or I was just watching this new, like, doctor documentary on Netflix... And it follows, like, this um, labor and delivery doctor. And, like, every time after the baby, the baby, like, literally just shoots out. And then they grab the baby and just put them on, like, the mom's chest. Still covered in whatever they're covered in. And the mom's, like, kissing them. And I'm just, like, cringing and trying not to gag. And (laughs) Joe's there, like, throwing up in my lap. And it's just, like... (laughs) I was like, Joe watches those with you. No, like we'll get 15 minutes into it and something like that happens and he's like I need to go I need to leave the room like he, oh can't, my God. he cannot have it he can't handle it but so, like is that gross is has that happened to you guys or is it like your baby and you're just like oh I don't really care well you so I don't know how it is at other hospitals but at my hospital if you get there in time you can fill out a birth plan and you can specify mm-hmm. on there how that you want them to hand you the baby so you can okay. specify like cord attached, cord cut, and cord not cut, wipe. Please. So like the umbilical cord. So you can <laughs> you can leave the cord attached and like comes out, put it on your chest. Or it can come out, they can cut it and put it on your chest. Or it can come out, they can wipe it all off, cut the cord, and then put it on your chest. Oh, so okay. you can tell them what you want. But honestly, like it doesn't bug me. I usually just have them put it right on me and then I trick Andy into cutting the cord and then they give it back. <laughs> Wait, how, how do you trick him into cutting the cord? I need to know this. Um, the doctor says, hey, will you hold these scissors for me real quick? And then he gets the baby ready and he's like, actually, just snip right here. Just, it's fine. Right here. Yep, you got it. Okay, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how you okay, I'll have to. Jacob didn't cut the cord. He did no? it? No. 
with either child. I think my mom did it both times. Yeah, wow. Joe has informed me that he um, it'll be a miracle if he comes in the room when it's <laughs> happening. And I was like, yeah, nice freaking try, buddy. That's not happening. You will be there the entire time. You did this to me. We're, we're doing it together. It's happening. And he's he like, I'm not using the cord. The whole time. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think so, that's fine. Because you don't want Andy, like, seeing it and passing out. And then you have to, like, worry about him or whatever. So yeah. I think that's and fine. And actually, with Ashton, he turned around a few times and was fine. Because he, mm-hmm. like, once he knows what's going on, it's, like, fine. It's, like, the unknown. And and there's not a lot of blood. I think that was one of your questions, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a question I, mean, I had. <laughs> Is that your experience, Maddie? Like, I mean, there is going to be some blood, but it's not like a massacre or anything. Uh, th- my babies weren't that dirty. Like either one of them, they weren't. They didn't have a lot of. Uh, there's a name for it. Yeah. What's on them? I can't remember right now. But my neither one of my babies was very dirty. Like, hmm. and they just wiped them off, and I had them. I had them hand me the baby immediately. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. Like, Lily's face wasn't very dirty. I mean, they might have wiped it. You don't really notice. You're just like, my baby, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jacob also, yeah. like, he didn't think he was going to be able to look because he gets really grossed out by blood and stuff, like, really easily. Um, mm-hmm. And he looked with, with both babies, and he was fine. So, and he watched. So, Joe may say that, but I think he'll, okay. he'll probably be able to handle it better than he thinks. But also... He doesn't have to look like he can look at your face and a lot of, yeah, a lot of people that is really helpful for them. Like he can help you through it, you know, by looking at you and talking to you and being there to support you. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. My, my issue is like, I just appear calm even when I'm like totally panicking on the inside. I just am like a poker face, which is weird because people always tell me how Mm -hmm. I like, I'm so easy to read and like I, I wear my emotions on my face, but like apparently freak out anxiety. I just, I don't feel that about you. I don't think that at all. Well, so my friends say that about me, but yeah. I don't know. But anxiety stuff, it's just like nothing, like no one knows. So I remember the nurse with, with Lily was like, wow, if all of my first time moms were like you, my job would be so easy. They're like, you're so calm. I'm like, I don't feel calm, but. Like, <laughs> what am I to demand of you? Like, you can't do anything. Uh, give me more jello, please. I feel nauseous. What else can I have? A popsicle? I'll Ice try chips. That. Ice chips now. Yeah. <laughs> well, Maddie, I remember um, coming to see, like, Jack right after you had him. Mm-hmm. And I, it was probably, like, a few hours afterwards. I'm not exactly sure. But I just remember being, like, she seems just so, like, okay, and just so, like, oh, whatever, I'm fine, everything's good. I was like, oh, maybe that's how it is. That's, like, a breath of fresh air to see that, so that was, that was good Well, to with see. Jack, it was. It was fine. I was, like, so happy after I had Jack yeah. because I was, like, uh, I think I did have to get, like, a, I had to get, like, two or three stitches with Jack, but, like, I was, like, I can sit up and like I can move my legs like I saw Allie do so apparently that is a thing you can do normally (laughs) yeah well after I had Abram it was like the second day after I had him and the nurse (laughs) the nurse comes in and she's like so you might want to get out of bed today and I was just like no 
<laughs> but then like with Aspen and Ashton I was like get me out of here let's go like I'm ready to go home but with Abram I was just like I mean I was really sore and you don't know what's going on the first time and I remember putting him in the car seat and they're like okay you're good to go and I was just thinking like I can leave like I can I could take him out it's okay oh my god <laughs> with my other ones I was just like yeah let's get out of here I'm ready. Oh well, and all God. your, all, you have a hormone called relaxin. <laughs> I know. Well, you have a hormone called relaxin that loosens your muscles and your joints so that you can like expand so that your pelvic pelvis can expand to like give birth and stuff. So you are like literally kind of like jelloey after you give birth. Hmm. I w- okay, Wait, we might need how, a screenshot. The, how the heck does that work? <laughs> we might need to screenshot Sammy's face right now. <laughs> Uh, it's just it's uh, bone. How did you expand? It's like where it connects, so all the like joints loosen a little bit. <laughs> Maddie took a photo. This is tough. <laughs> so, um, oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> so it's <laughs> some people. Here's here's my biggest piece of advice for anyone who hasn't had a baby like it doesn't matter how many birth stories you hear or like how many things that you learned that could possibly go wrong or be scary or gross or weird like that's not going to be your experience like my experience Ali's experience that's not going to be your experience and so there's no reason why you can't have one of those magical births like Emma said it may not be likely but like you don't have to deal with that until you get there right yeah so yeah I think the biggest thing is just to understand that your body was made to do this like your body is literally made to do this and you don't have to do anything like there what there have been women who have passed out in childbirth mm-hmm. and their body still delivers the baby so like that's hmm. what helped me when I was when I was in labor with Lily I was like wait a minute like I didn't tell my body to grow a baby. I didn't tell my body, like, okay, it's time to make sure she has the right organs. And I didn't tell my, like, I did nothing consciously, right, to, like, grow a Right. Baby. So I was like, so I don't have to do anything now either. Like, my body knows what to do. Just, like, trust your body and believe that your body can do it, I think, is the biggest thing. And sometimes you need extra help, you know. Sometimes people need C-sections, and that's okay. But, like, until you get to that point, just trust your body and know that your body knows what it's doing. Like, your body was made to do it. So, it'll work out. That's a very good point. Yeah, that was, that kind of eased me a little bit. I hadn't thought of it that way. So, I like that. Another question real quick. What, so after the baby comes out, I'm assuming that it's, like, an instant kind of, like, relief right? Like once the baby's pushed out, you kind of just instantly feel better. Yeah. Yes. I felt that way. Um, it's like, it's like three quarters relief and then the placenta comes out and it's like totally relieving. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and usually like my babies give me bone bruises on my ribs. Um, and so I'm like in constant pain, like the last trimester. (laughs) So when their little feet finally like get out of my rib cage, I'm just like, 
oh, I can breathe and it's not painful. Sammy's face is killing me. Sammy, just because that happened to Allie doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. Sammy, are you so excited? Yeah, yours, you could, maybe your babies will just be like little angels and not kick you and you'll be able to breathe just fine. You never know. You never know. Well, and when you're pregnant too, like, yeah, they're, I mean, it's definitely uncomfortable and painful and terrible in so many ways. But at the same time, you're like so excited to meet your little baby and wonder what they look like and their little personality. And so whenever they do something, you're just like, oh, wow, that really hurt. But they're in there doing their thing. And like, I get really, um, really, 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 really anxious like the last trimester, like the closer it gets to my due date, like the more anxious I get. And so every time they move, it's just like, okay, everything's okay. Everything's okay. And like, like I'll purposely like try to move them even like every half hour. Maybe that's why my children never sleep. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Because I just am like so anxious that, that, that they're healthy and everything's okay. So for me, like once I'm in the hospital, I know a lot of people don't like the monitors because you can wear a belly monitor um, to monitor the baby's heart rate and and also it monitors your contractions. I love it. I feel so much relief. Like as soon as I'm in the hospital and the monitor's on, I'm like, okay, I can see its heart. I can see his heartbeat. It's her, he. <laughs> I can see the baby's heartbeat. <laughs> Like, I know everything's going to be okay. So that is, like, releases so much anxiety for me that I know birth is going to be, like, hard and stuff, but I'm just so glad that I'm, like, there and ready for it to happen and finally get my little baby. So what what are, yeah. like, all, all the steps? Because there's, like, you're pregnant for, like, nine months, and then what happens when the time comes so technically you're pregnant for 10 months oh (laughs) 40 weeks I mean everybody says nine months but 40 weeks is like closer to 10 months so Mm -hmm. you like you mean like when you start to go into labor is that yeah 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 well know you're in labor yeah (laughs) yes that is step one um and uh, like once you're in labor once you're sure you're in labor like it will be too painful to walk through your contractions or talk through your contractions or your water breaks if your water breaks go to the hospital so those are kind of my general well and and I hear that like your water like actually breaking like at home or whatever isn't as common as just like having your contractions like just drive you crazy so you go in and then like it breaks there right I've never I've had to have my water broken every time like for some reason it just doesn't break my babies are really small so I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. why but yeah usually you just have contractions um and after it's hard with your first baby because you have no idea what is happening. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like with my other two, I knew better. Like, okay, I'm actually in labor. Okay, these are like real contractions. Okay, I should probably go to the hospital. 
I'm probably going to be dilated to like a five or something. And they will send you home unless you meet certain criteria, which is like the most demoralizing thing in the world, especially if you're in pain. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like they don't need to keep you if you're not really in labor. But you have to... I think you have to be like dilated a certain amount or like you have to progress a certain amount while you're there. So really try to labor at home as much as you can, I say. But I mean, also like be smart and don't wait too long. Your assertiveness to get what you need from the hospital because people think, oh, she's a first time mom. She doesn't like know what she's talking about. But the thing is, is like you are the expert on you and your body. So you know, and, like, be as assertive as possible. And if you can't, then you need to tell your husband, like, this is what I need, and you need to get it for me. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm feeling, and I need you to convey this to the nurse or the doctor if you can't do it yourself because, yeah, I don't know. My my friend's water broke, and then she went to the hospital. But both both of my labors were like Allie, and I had my water broken both times. Yeah. I tend, my labor tends to stall out unless my water gets broken for some reason. Mm -hmm. So usually they just break my water and then my labor progresses as it should. And my labor also stalls out unless I get an epidural. I think I'm just a tense person and that helps me relax Mm -hmm. enough to like get in the zone to give birth. But yeah, I think you do have, I I agree with Maddie, like you have to know you ha- so I would practice like paying attention to your body, like just simple things like when you're eating dinner, like stop when you're really full, like pay attention to that. Am I full? Okay, like stop eating. Like, okay, my body is feeling this way. I think I need to drink some water. So drink some water. Like I feel like you kind of have to build this trust relationship with your body, which sounds kind of weird, but it's really, really helpful in a birth situation because you are your only advocate because you're the only one who knows what's going on with your body. And it's not that like people are trying to do things against you. Like I've only ever had super supportive and awesome nurses, but they don't know what I don't tell them. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and if it's not something you've practiced, like this is true with anything, like at home, you know, like a ton, right? Somewhere you're comfortable, you know, a ton. Somewhere you're not as comfortable, you know less and you can express less. Somewhere where you're under stress, you can express even less, right? So you need to mm-hmm. practice like like practice in your doctor's appointments. Like when they ask you what's going on, like really tell them what's going on because that's their job and they can tell you if it's normal. Like really ask questions, pay attention to what's happening. And then when you're in labor and delivery – and you know you need something, you can vocalize it. And in my experience, I've had great nurses and they've always been 100% willing to like, the hospital is really supportive of like, however you want to have your baby where I gave birth. So if you want to walk around or if you want to do it in the water or anything like that, they're happy to let you do that. So, but they don't know unless you tell them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a good thing. Good thing to practice, and like I said, like I think everyone needs a support, a supportive person with them who can also be a voice for them if they need. Because, like, I don't know, because like Ali said, when you're under that amount of stress, it is harder to vocalize. 
But if you have someone that you trust, you know, hopefully it's your spouse, but like some, some people's spouses aren't really comfortable speaking up either. So you just need to have somebody who you know will be able to advocate for you or to, to back you up, right? That will trust mm-hmm. you and trust that you know your body and mm-hmm. be able to back you up. Yeah. But like the steps, you get to the hospital and they check you. So they check your cervix and see where you're at when you think you're in labor. Do, you know, do we need to describe that more? <laughs> do you know what that means? You know, I think I can picture it. You got it? Okay. Like, yeah. loved up. We're clear. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. It's not a big deal. You're it's used not. to it at this point because you've been yeah. doing it at your doctor's appointments. So for when I was in labor with Lily, they were like, okay, you're having your baby today. When I was in labor with Jack, they were like, we're going to monitor you for an hour. And I was really mad because I was like this is my second baby I know I'm in labor I know what it feels like I'm gonna have him today but they made me wait in this room for an hour and yeah I was not happy about that but at least I didn't get sent home which is what happened to Allie with Abram so that's what they do and then once you're in your room as soon as you're checked into your room you can get an epidural if you want it so I pretty much got the epidural right away both times because I was like I know I'm gonna get it so why wait? Why not? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got an epidural both times. And then it's pretty much just a waiting game. It's kind of boring, but it's also frustrating for me because I'm like, well, I'm in pain and I want to not feel this pain. And anyone who I brought with me is not in pain and suffering <laughs> and can do whatever they want and relax or whatever. Um, so it, it's, I don't know. I don't know what, what you you did. Allie, but like I didn't really bring anything you can't really do anything though either it's like it's just like a waiting game you're just waiting for your body to do its thing and for the baby to come and the nurse comes in and checks you every once in a while so you just are sitting there waiting until you're dilated to a 10 yeah they call the doctor once you're complete so and and for me that usually happens like super fast so like with um Aspen it happened quickly and luckily the doctor was already no he wasn't at the hospital they had to call him so they'll tell you to wait (laughs) (laughs) what until the doctor gets there which is like the worst thing ever they're like don't push as you have this like balloon that is trying to explode from your body and you're like how can I not push right now and then kind of the same thing happened with Ashton and I just looked at him and I was like, one of you better glove up because this baby's coming out now. And I'll catch him if you don't. <laughs> and so she, like the doctor like literally came in. I pushed twice and he was born. So wow. that's kind of those next steps. So when you're like in labor, there's usually just one nurse that checks you, maybe two. Um, and they at least for me, were very respectful of like if I wanted the lights off or the windows shut or like it to be quiet or whatever. So they'll ask you like, do you want me to come and check on you? Do you want to just push the call button when you need something? And then once you're complete, for me, there was my nurse who had been helping me the whole time, the nurse assisting the doctor, the doctor, and then the, the baby's nurse. So she's going to be the one that like takes the weights and does the... um What's the, I forget the stuff they do on their eyeballs. I, oh, I, yeah. you can 
choose not to do that, but I do it for my kids. So she's the one that does all the things for the baby. And then once you're done with that, they leave, they love, they would let, they would leave me in the room for like an hour, 30 minutes. Um, and like bring me food and from there you go up to recovery and then you have a new nurse that checks you from then on out. Well, I liked one of Sammy's other questions. How long after you gave birth until like you feel back to normal? How long did it take you guys? Well, for me, (laughs) so physically I feel myself in like two weeks, two or two to four weeks. I mean, I'm obviously like weak, right? Mm -hmm. And like out of shape, but I feel like physically myself, mentally, can take a very long time. So like Abram, I felt pretty good mentally after like six months. Aspen was like a year and a half because I didn't realize I had postpartum depression. Um, And Ashton, I knew that that was going to be a problem. And so um, I started a low dose of Zoloft in the hospital. And so I felt like that helped me feel mentally normal much more quickly so what's your experience Maddie um physically for me I feel like it's like about four months but like I get as soon as I'm cleared to exercise I start exercising pretty consistently and so that that's like the thing that I feel the most like um off about physically because I can feel significantly weaker you know and slower with like running and things like that and then just flubbery (laughs) so physically I'd say it's like about four months till I start to feel more like myself and then um I think around six months is when I really feel like feel really good again physically um mentally I don't know my babies are you know, pretty close together, and I think I had, I, I had, um, I had postpartum anxiety, which, is that the same thing as depression? It's not the same thing as, I had postpartum anxiety with Lily, they coincide. Yeah. Yeah, so I had postpartum anxiety with Lily, like, really bad, but I just didn't really realize that that's what it was, and then with Jack, I had, I I had postpartum depression with with Jack, but I didn't deal with it (laughs) until like very recently. So um, I didn't really know that's what it what it was. I mean, I should have known. It's hard to know. Well, and the questionnaires are not helpful for me. Totally unhelpful. Totally unhelpful. (laughs) Yeah, they don't. The questionnaire is like, I'm like, okay, because then I do the questionnaire. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have postpartum depression because I, I passed this questionnaire. But it's like for me, and I think Allie had a similar experience. I was like really angry after I had Jack. Like I remember being in the hospital and like just I was mad. And yeah, so I was just really angry at people. <laughs> and uh, And then you just kind of feel like, off I feel like you just like feel off like you don't feel like yourself totally yeah the the hard part for me with as far as like recognizing it is like with Lily like I didn't ever feel sad like I didn't feel and that's what I expected you know but I was like 
really anxious. Like right. I couldn't sleep like because I couldn't calm myself down. Mm-hmm. So like I couldn't like the only time that I actually like got sleep was when Jacob would he likes to play video games. So I would give him the baby. I would give him Lily and she would sleep in this little bassinet right next to him. And I pumped and he would feed her. So I that's like the only time I actually slept restfully because I was like, okay, he's right next to her. He's paying attention. Like anytime she slept next to me, I just was like so anxious. So if you're like anxious and you can't calm down enough to like get into a deep sleep, that's a big sign. If you're angry, like really angry, that's probably another sign. I don't know what else would be a sign of postpartum depression. Yeah. That's just, not in the questionnaire. Um, like wanting to sleep all the time or not being able to sleep. Um, yeah. Not being able, feeling like you're not really feeling any emotions. So I think you expect to feel emotions when you are feeling depressed, but a lot of times you just kind of feel empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that I noticed is like, so when you're, when you're feeling anxious or depressed, your brain really tries to minimize inputs. And so, because it can't deal, right? Like it can't deal with all the normal inputs that it has. So it's trying to minimize inputs. And so when you're dealing with depression or anxiety, somehow your brain is going to try to minimize those inputs. So whether that means you avoid things that you normally wouldn't avoid, you're irritable about things that you normally wouldn't be irritable about, or like any other reaction that just, like you do the reaction and you're like, wow, that was, like that reaction wasn't really appropriate for that situation. That was kind of weird. That's a sign that something is wrong. So it's really important to pay attention to that because you don't have to feel like crap. <laughs> you can feel so much. Yeah. You don't have to feel bad <laughs> after you have a baby. Like if you think you might have a problem, you do. So get yep. help for it. Well, another thing too that really helps ease my anxiety because I'm also very anxious for like the first six weeks after the baby's born um, is I took this, well, because everybody's like, Everybody's obsessed with asking you how your baby's sleeping. Can we just not ask True. that anymore? Like, it, stop it. It's a, mm-hmm. So I took this course called Taking Care of Babies. Um, we'll tag her in the show notes. She has an Instagram account. Life-changing. So in her course, she teaches you, like, how to basically how to teach your infant to sleep. And this was my third baby, right? And I still took her course. But the thing she said that gave me, like, so much peace was, like, the first mm-hmm. six weeks, just, like, snuggle your baby. Like, if your baby wants to sleep on you, mm-hmm. let it sleep on you. Like, you don't need to have yes. your baby, like, trained to sleep in its mm-hmm. bassinet by the time it's two months old. That's not a thing. Like, its brain mm-hmm. its brain isn't even, mm-hmm. like, developed enough to do that. So just, like, hold your baby mm-hmm. and let your baby sleep on you. Like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So... That made me feel so much better because I would just feel so much more relaxed if I could, like, feel my baby breathing while they were sleeping, <laughs> even, like, with my mm-hmm. third baby. So that's another None of your like, business. Just snuggle your baby and cuddle it. Like, don't stress. <laughs> and if somebody asks how your baby's sleeping, just be like, great. 
Yep. Yep. Sleeping great in my arms, okay? <laughs> I just wanted to add, like we said with your body, you're the expert on you and your baby and how your baby sleeps. And eat. Um, I just wanted to mention this because sometimes this is uncommon too, is breastfeeding is a really big negative trigger hormonally for me, which is the opposite of what it is for most people. Most people have endorphins released when they when their milk lets down. For me, it makes me anxious and irritable, not towards my baby, just like in general. So if that's the case, um, taking uh, medication really helped me with that to feel. I mean, it was still like not awesome. Breastfeeding makes me extremely physically sick, especially the first like two months. So um, that didn't change, but my um, like mental state around breastfeeding <laughs> was drastically improved by taking medication. So if that's a problem for you, it's fine <laughs> and you can get help for it. Yeah. And I just want to add to that. Like it's, it's okay to not like breastfeeding. Like it is okay. It does not make you any less of a mom or like any worse of a mom. Like, cause I feel like a lot of women really love breastfeeding and a lot of women don't like it and it's totally okay whatever end of the spectrum that you fall on like my experiences are like night and day different like I hated nursing with Lily because we never got it right and she would like pop off all the time and it just was not fun or enjoyable and with Jack it's been great most of the time he's wild too in his own ways but like his latch was great and he loves breastfeeding, so it calms him down. Lily could care less. Like, she did not care. Anyway, so, like, even from child to child, it may be different, and I think that that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Like, my first two, it was – Abram was hard because he was the first. Aspen was hard because I was mentally really, really struggling, and that was something I couldn't deal with. And so I stopped breastfeeding <laughs> her after a few months. Um, Ashton was like so easy and he loved it and then I kept getting infections so I had to stop so you just never know what's gonna happen and I see um, on your questions you want our thoughts on home births so I have a friend who does home births and so at first when she told me that well okay I don't think she'd mind if I shared this. So at first when she told me that, she was pregnant and planning on having her baby in a house that we lived like on the top floor and they lived in the middle floor. And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> but she was super open about it and explained a lot about it to me. And so I've actually gotten way more comfortable with the idea of it since I know her. Um, and she's explained to me like how her midwife works and basically like how they keep it still like very safe. So um, I feel like if you want to do home birth, that's totally up to you. Just make sure that you're getting a midwife that know, will know when there is a problem and will be willing to take you to the hospital if there is a problem. And mm -hmm. just from my friend, that should be something you can find out about the midwife is like their track record. Um, for things like that. So I think if that's something you want to try and you feel like your body's up for it, like, go ahead. And also, you, you can also have a midwife deliver you in a hospital as well. So there's tons of options 
Um, I don't, it doesn't have to be like totally home birth or like totally hospital. You can kind of mix and match now. A lot of hospitals are a lot more willing to work with you. Sammy, did that answer all your questions? Do you have any more? Yeah, I think it did. I think it answered all of mine, too. I mean, I think I'll always have questions about yeah. this, but I think I think we covered a lot of bases today, so... I I feel more comfortable. I feel, I feel a lot <laughs> yeah, better. I really do. I feel better. Yes. I mean, I'm not completely cured of my fear, but yeah. I feel a lot better. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I was just going to say basically what I've taken away from this is that I'm in charge of my own body and I will make my experience how I want to make it and some like plans might not work out you know I'm I guarantee that if I make like a whole plan for it it will not work out that way but a plan will happen <laughs> and it'll go smoothly and everything will be okay so I feel much better about it Sammy Sammy what did you take away from this um pretty similar I think number one like you said like my body knows what it's doing so that kind of like relieves me a lot because mm -hmm. if I don't have to think about it that's awesome I mean I'm sure I will no matter what <laughs> but just learning to trust my body yeah. and then um also I think we didn't specifically talk about this but like just having questions is okay and like getting people's opinions on things are okay if you ask mm -hmm. for it if that's what you want and um every experience is going to be different even though you might be the same each one of your children will probably be really different because it's a different experience in a different time so mm -hmm. yeah I feel better about it 100%. though <laughs> and it's awesome because I'll probably have three of you to call upon by the time that happens to me. So <laughs> I'll have all of the experts and all of the insights at my beck and call. <laughs> it will be what it will be. Yeah, I feel like this this episode was very enlightening and very comforting and somewhat like adds to the fear, but also it relieves it. It does. Like I don't think anything will ever completely take away or ease the the fear but it definitely made it better and yeah so um 
I definitely want to hear some of your guys' irrational fears or, you know, your totally rational ones of childbirth. So um, also if you're wanting to share your advice for people like me and Sammy who are like terrified, please give it to us. So I think that it needs to be talked about if we're ever going to be like more at ease with it. So if you're willing to share or give advice, please comment on our next Instagram post of this episode or direct message us, email us, whatever you feel comfortable with. We love to hear from you guys. You're my big sister, nobody else could
Hi, this is Sammy, Maddie, Emma, and Allie, and this is The, the Big, Big Sister, Sister Podcast. You're my big sister, nobody else could replace.